KFNX News Talk Radio 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. All right, so we're here again, Chatterbox Video Game Radio. I'm Alon. And I'm Ara. If you want to give us a call tonight, feel free if you're listening live, 866-536-1100. Please also visit the website, chatterboxgameshow.com. It's nothing new, but it's got our email addresses on it. I'm Alon. He's Ara at chatterboxgameshow.com. Um, all right, so I told you that you should be playing Outland. Right. Uh, I played Outland. I totally did. Now, what what is this? This is is this isn't isn't this in a Ubisoft game or something? No, 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 no. It's it's an XBLA game published by Ubisoft. Yeah, so it just so. means somebody else competent made it and said, "Hey, Ubisoft, we want to get it on XBLA." So now, you have a great disdain for anything with the Ubisoft label on it, whether they're actually developed it or not. No. 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 This is and, not true. And I I may like this this game has proven to not have issues, but my issue is always with QA of Ubisoft games because they look good, they play good, they're they're fun games. I should say play well. Uh, they're fun games, and then they break. But Ubisoft QA must have done. QA I was thinking for there might game. be QA involved, but who knows, right? XBLA games could be made, you know, with just a group of people and no QA. But anyway, uh, Ubisoft in this case is just a publisher, which means they found someone who made a good game and said, hey, Microsoft. We're going to put our necks on the line. You should put this on XBLA. So does this mean that your string of bigotry for Ubisoft is over? No, it just means that I'm I'm making an allowance for something they, they didn't have a direct hand in. They're really just getting in the middle of it to make money. It, I, would, I would say they're basically like a venture capitalist. They're putting money on the table, a little risk, which and how much risk is really in an XBLA game? I mean, uh, here at Microsoft, depending sell this. more than you think. <laughs> But um, I guess yeah, you, you've got to pay to, to pass the tests and all that, and actually get it on the. On yeah, the list. and there's and there's a part where they take a huge chunk of the profits. But. Well, yeah, but they don't take a chunk of zero profit, right? If if it doesn't sell, well, whatever. But you have to pay those those the fees to just get on there because they're just paying like thirty grand or fifty grand or something. There's always there's always that kind of stuff. I don't remember the details. What are those things called when you have to like go down the list of things that they they require? UTF certs. Um, and uh, protection fees. No, no, no. You know how like yeah. it it has to pause. It's tithe. Aren't they called tithes? No. No. Is it? A, dow- what, a dowry. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Am I going cold? Is it the wrong direction? PSN has it. Everybody has it. If you want to put a game on the system, it has to follow all these rules that are inherent to just games that exist on the system. Technical certification requirements. There you go, TCRs. Man, you were just sticking it to me. All right, so this Outland game, you would like it. I I had no idea what it was. Right. What is it? it Like a platformer? It is a platformer. Do you realize how many products, how many creative products have... A mystical land named Outland as some significant location for I, for such a boring word. I can't make a claim that you, the name you'd is you'd be shocked. I think there's an Outland in Mortal Kombat. There's a there's a Netherworld. What is that even like Outland? Like is that the best you could come up with? Listen, the name is kind of dumb. It is. Is there an inland? I I don't know. But anyway, is this is this is this on the high seas? So it is a platformer. You're a dude, 
and you get a sword and over throughout the levels you collect more um more abilities right so at first you can't even attack and then you can attack and then you can slide and then you what's important is the abilities you get after that so do you, there's a light and a dark side now lots of games these days have a light and a dark side this is true what does is it, it mean is it like ikaruga exactly really it is, serious it is an ikaruga platformer really swear to god okay so i'm i'm a little less impressed now because and the bullet patterns are interesting but they're not the bullet patterns aren't they are integral to the gameplay now i've only played a certain amount so maybe they become more involved but you'll play you know at least at the beginning this a is lot this is starting to scare me a little bullets. bit it's you should play it. I'm a little scared, but but if for reasons only for the the interesting haven't seen this thing yeah, before. For, for factor, reasons that you don't know though, that I'm scared. Okay, what you I don't, can I you can don't tell like you like red and blue or black and white. No, I actually um, you know you know every designer worth their salt has a secret game design, the ultimate game design. Uh-huh. It's like the ultimate cheer, but for game designers. And have you been thinking of an Ikaruga style platformer? Well, let's just say that what you're describing cuts a little closer to home than I'm comfortable with. Okay. Well, then go play this game. I think I need to. <clears throat> it's uh it's interesting. Now, again, I've only played so far and you unlock all these abilities, you know, like you I can pause the the game and see all the abilities I don't have. Well, rather, I can see icons that say locked that represent the abilities I don't have and each ability is significant. Um, but you do just like any any good game these days at the very beginning Presumably to make the demo for XPLA easier to develop. Uh, at the very beginning, you play through a little bit, and then they thrust you like 30,000 years ago. This happened, and now you're playing like a character back in time, but who has all of the the abilities that you could have in the game. So, do you know who developed this? Since uh, we know it's not Ubisoft, it's some developer name that I've never heard of. Yeah. I mean, if if I saw it, I'd remember it. But anyway, uh, I, I should I should correct just so that we don't get like angry calls or something. Um, you don't actually get all the abilities when you do the back-in-time thing at the beginning, but what you do get is the, the dark light thing. So it introduces you to the concept of, like, when you when you become a certain color, you can touch the bullets that are of that color, right. and you can attack the enemies of the opposite color. All right, so you can right. absorb things. Is there more to it, or is it just that? Because There's if it's... more. So, like, there's, there's platforms that you can see a silhouette of, but don't become, like, actual physical objects. Unless you're that unless color. Unless you're that color. So you'll jump from one, and then you'll jump over to a wall, which and the double jumping is re- or the wall jumps are really easy because you stick on it for a second. Yeah. So you stick on the wall, you double jump off. When you're in midair, you have to be red so that you can go through the wall of red bullets. And then right after you're outside of the wall of red bullets, you turn blue so you can land on the blue platform, which is higher than the red platform you just jumped off of. Um, and so there's a lot of fast switching potentially. Again, haven't gone that far in the game. I'm sure it's going to get more intense, but that part that they shove you in in the beginning that introduces you to the fact that it's going to happen later in the game. Um, I mean, if you care to play it well, then there can be a lot of fast switching. So thumbs up for Elan. Yes, definitely. All right. Um, until well, I, I play more and get bored with it, it's it's very interesting. I'll play it by next week for sure. And then, um, then you can hear what I think. All right, man. And on a completely different topic, so for some reason today... The voice of Chris Walken got stuck in my head. Just for some reason. Just completely randomly. And it was actually, it was some, some it was about some question somebody was asking me. Just randomly popped into my head as, as voices do from time to time. And then I started to think, 
why do I hear all these voices? What was, no, I didn't think that part at all. Okay. What I did think was, what would it be like if Christopher Walken played video games? Are we sure that he doesn't? We are sure, because I know that he's not good with the computers. You know that? Yeah, I know that. Because he's in that Fat Boy Slim video, and they're yeah. they're all techno. I know, but he didn't he didn't like edit the video. That's that's for sure. He just danced. Yes. He's a hoofer at heart. Okay. But a he's hoofer. but he's old school. All right. So anyway, I've prepared a list of questions that you may ask me. Me channeling, of course, Chris Walken, and um, well, let's see how it goes. All right. So. I wish we had a sound effect prepared for this. We're going we're gonna to channel the Christopher Walken for an important interview on Chatterbox Video Game Radio. If you're listening to this live, you know, press your record button on whatever radio recording device you have. And, and here we go. Sir Christopher Walken. Is, is he knighted? Is, no. no, I don't think so. <clears throat> well, I'll he grew up in New York, man. Sir Christopher Walken. I think. What do you, what do you think about this Connect? Connect? Wow. Your television is alive. Have, have you played Connectimals? I don't like zoos. Awful. Bear costumes are funny. Bears as well. And uh, and how do you feel about this PSN outage that's pissing everybody off? Frankenstein never scared me. Frankenstein? Mar- marsupials do, because <laughs> they're fast. Okay, and so this this Outland game that we were just talking about, it's a, it's a new XBLA game. What do you think of that? Peanuts in the bag. Wow. Uh, I'm sure if, if you pay attention to this show, as, as you definitely do, you know that I'm a big fan of fighting games, the, the, the six-button grid fighting games. You ever played those before? Picasso was a hack. <laughs> All right. Um, did you ever play the old uh, NES, you know, the, the 8-bit NES that everyone loved back in the day? It's a, can I say that word on there, by the way? Yeah. It's a damn good question. As fate would have it, I too have a question. Can you guess what I have buried under the house? No, I, I don't think I can. I was wrong. This was wrong. You must die. <laughs> all, all right. All right. <clears throat> That's all we got. Stickerooski from Chatterbox. I, uh, you know, I feel medium well <laughs> about that. <laughs> <laughs> This guy is like this is like my favorite guy of all time, man. He's got like he's got such a cool voice. It's so hard to do right. He does. And I don't even know if I've done it justice. So I I don't do it well, but at home I reference the champagne quite often. It's it's so it's so like the, his voice. There's like there's so much subtlety in just his his cadence and the intonation and and actually all this stuff like I'm completely lifted from um this guy name I think his name is Chris Pollock. Not Chris Pollock. Kevin Pollock. Yeah. He's a comedian. And he does he does an impression of him that's top notch. I'm I'm glad to hear it. I think I've heard of Kevin Pollock. Yeah. So I've stole your stuff, Kevin Pollock. Kevin Pollock is old. Well, I mean, he's, he's he not that old. But I mean he was a comedian back in like the eighties. Okay. So he's gotta be older. Now. I guess the eighties is old now, huh? It, it is. <laughs> yeah. Do there was <laughs> All right. <laughs> This is okay. How long do we have? Two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, yeah. let's just waste this. This is good. Okay, I'm just gonna completely retell this thing that that, that Kevin Pollock does, but it's so funny, right? He he talks about how, and he's done this like a bunch of times. This this same shtick, right? He talks about how he's at like some kind of party, right? 
and he sees Christopher Walken. And Christopher Walken's like outside just standing there, right? So he goes up to me, he's like, hey, hey Chris, you okay? He's like, stranded? And he's like, what, what's wrong? And I was like, I've been searching for an hour for the beep who brought me. It's clear to me now they're gone, right? So he invites him, like, you know, hey, like, can I give you a ride, right, in my car, right? And so it's, you know, Chris Walken's like, thanks, sure, right? And so the guy's got, like, one of those things that, like, starts the car, like, automatically before you get in. A remote starter. A remote starter, yeah. So he does that. Popular in the Northeast. He does that before Chris Walken gets in, right? And then so he, so the car comes on and the lights go on and the engine comes on, right? And Chris, Christopher Walken jumps back and he's like, wow, your car's alive, right? And then he <laughs> describes how Christopher Walken, like by this time Kevin has sat inside the car and Christopher Walken, I don't even know how this is possible, but Christopher Walken is like staring at the car's headlights and looking at it. And then like he whispers, chase me. <laughs> Okay. That, and that's it. That's just beautiful. And it's you just, believe this story? Absolutely not. Because, but it's just, it's so good. It's such a good one. All right. Well, yeah. we'll be back. <laughs> we, we will be back. All right. That's enough, of Chris Walken. All right. Now we're going to be back for real. are back and you're listening to chatterbox video game radio where we no longer talk about anything related to chris walken this is the walken hour yeah not really not really okay. it was the walk in 15 minutes so do you want to talk about what we did this weekend what did we do <sighs> yesterday no not yesterday sunday i suppose we can i am i am waddling every time i get up like i feel fine now. i feel nothing but well, I feel... you're better than me but but what? you were faster than me, so... Well, faster, but... <laughs> Maybe, I guess we, now we have no choice. We have to tell people yeah, we're talking. But every time about. I get up from the couch, from a chair, from bed, whatever, I'm like, I'm, I can barely move. We should quickly say what this is about, lest people think that we were making out all weekend long. Okay, I agree. Uh, it's called the Warrior Dash. It's all over the country, so some of you guys might have heard of it. Um, the most expensive three and a half miles of your life. Yeah, basically, it's just these people set up a relatively long course. Three and a half miles. Yes. 3.4. Long for someone who doesn't run. Uh, 3.4 miles, and they throw in obstacles every once in a while. There's like a dozen obstacles across the way, like yeah. jumping over fire, crawling through mud, going under you know ropes and whatever. Kind yeah. of like and, a military and course, but way smashing easier. your junk into hurdles, which is what I did like right away. So not, good not me, but you did. Yeah, um, so so it's, imagine one of those military boot camp ones, but made so that anybody could do it. Right, as long as you have the stamina to keep going for the three and a half miles. Right. Uh, so we did that this weekend, and it was awesome. I've never done anything like that before. And then I just learned about uh, my my underwear has never been so soiled. That's, I'm sure true. Although I have nothing to compare to. And and no need either. Yeah. So anyway, I, I certainly urge someone to if if you're in an area where this is coming soon, you should totally do it. It's a lot of fun. And then uh, let me know how you liked it. Um, I learned today of something much harder, called the Tough Mudder. Which is like 12 miles. And you send me obstacles. you send me this link, and you're like toughmutter.com, and I'm like looking at it. I'm like, does he seriously expect me to just type in this URL and press enter? Yeah, I didn't think about that. I'm becoming naive in my old age. But uh, if anyone has done the tough mutter, 
I want to know what you thought about that. And if you uh, if you want to come down to Phoenix in January and, and do that with me, and maybe I can convince Ara to go too, um, that would be awesome. Well, I, I always love a challenge, but I think that you're underestimating the level of seriousness of that event. No, no. I understand it is way beyond my means, my abilities, but I have like six months to prepare for this. It's certainly not beyond my potential. It's just beyond where I am now. Okay. Well, I hope that you can bring it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if I, if I got four or five hours, I can walk 12 miles. What's that, the big deal? That could be, that could be a, do you think that could be a cool connect game? Maybe not. Maybe it'd be kind of boring. Obstacle course? Yeah. Um, it, maybe it could be done well. I don't trust that the connect is really capable yeah. of, of uh, you know, being a good input device. I just don't believe it. Yeah. I have to see it. And so far, you know, Connect Sports. Did I ever mention that I did the, the Connect Sports uh, world record attempt that happened a couple weeks ago? Not at all. I never checked the right email account to see if I got the little avatar item. But there was this thing where, like, Saturday uh, the 23rd, I think, it was, the, I don't know, some holiday. Easter. That's what it was. The day before Easter, uh, if you played Connect Sports 100-meter dash at exactly, well, for us, 1 p.m. No, 10 a.m. I think East Coast was... Anyway, <laughs> you play it at, at the right time, then, like, Microsoft got this award or Guinness record for most most virtual racers at once or something. It's it's really dumb. Like, we could get a Guinness record if we made it so... This is... I don't like, I don't like this new age of Guinness records. Yeah, it's Because silly. Guinness records used to be about skill, and, okay, like, this is the person who is the best at doing this, not... This is the person who has found and discovered the most esoteric record possible, and he's the best at it only because no one else has bothered to attempt it because it's so esoteric. Or, or it's the you're like just the fattest uh, person on earth. Yeah, or like a million people did this, yeah. which I don't like. How is that? A, like, who cares? How does Microsoft be the the recipient of that as well? I don't, I don't know. But I did it because I thought this would be an interesting thing to participate yeah. in. They're a shill. They're a shadow of their former selves. I tell you. Uh, I suppose. I still like them. Anyway, uh, I did that. I don't know if anybody else did, but that was fun. Yeah. So. Uh, and Alec Guinness should be pissed. We we did Warrior Dash, as you mentioned. I I did a little bit faster, a little bit faster. Uh, and now I'm going to do the Tough Mudder in January. Uh, all right. It's going to be really hard. Fine. I'm going to decimate you. It's going to be the revenge. <laughs> You're going to do it too now. You're certainly in better physical shape than I am. If you keep on saying this, and yet you totally you, demolished my. You time. work out, yeah, but you are short. And like stocky, and I am tall and thin, so I have an advantage when it comes to speed events. Apparently, but this event is not about speed, just about completion. So, anyway. All right, it's on. It's yeah. on. It's on. Um, That's it. This relates to games. It's going to be like that from now on. I I have decided that video games are for the most part boring to me now because there's nothing new. Yeah. That's what I like about this Outland game that it's something I haven't done before. Uh, at least a combination of things that I have done but haven't done altogether. So, so are you are you a, are you an adrenaline junkie now? You're always seeking new and interesting experiences. Well, I've always been an adrenaline junkie, but I'm also super paranoid about death. So, no, <laughs> like I won't go skydiving even though I really really want to. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm interested in doing things outside that are fun. I don't want to just go walk around on a mountain and look at mountains and look at trees because that's boring. Well, but that's if I can fine. Run down the mountain. Yeah. Or but if you do 22 miles of that in one day, I can guarantee you, you will boring will be the last word on your mind. See, if you could do 22 miles, you yeah. can do 12. All right, so so what do we have on the video game agenda? Because we've avoided that for a good 10 minutes. All right, so fair enough. 
But there's, there's, you know, I've said in the past, I've, I've reeled about, I don't even know if that's the right word. That is completely not the right word. I've ranted about use of words like fun and how I hate the word fun. Yes. yes. I, however, think it's perfect. And you would. So I found it interesting. There was an article on Gamma Sutra um, recently, and it was an interview with uh, the lead designer of StarCraft II. And StarCraft II, that game's so old. Yeah. Nobody plays that anymore. Yeah, that's so like two weeks or months ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, or weeks. Um, so this article is all about how the guy uh, basically took fun out of the game and made the game better, right? And it's a catchy headline. The headline is making the fun meant taking out of out the fun in StarCraft 2, right? Oh, oh, oh. He, so he removed the fun and made the game better, which implies that the goodness involved in the game is not related to funness. Well, as as many media headlines, especially video game related ones, are wont to do, it's a little misleading. But it it's it is if you actually read the thing, what it refers to is the idea of which I'm a huge proponent of that. The reason why fun is a bad word isn't not because it's inherently a bad word. It's because it's an imprecise word. And I'll put it to you this way. If you talk about video games and if you talk about like fun being the most important or the key thing in video games, to me that's akin to basically describing movies in terms of whether they're fun or not. Now, some movies are fun. But there are lots of awesome movies that you would never use the word fun to describe. And the gist of the whole thing is that basically fun is not an adequate word to encapsulate all or even many of things about a video game that could be good. Okay. I hadn't really considered that. So I'll, I'll give it to you. That's basically that's that's where it is. All right. So tell me about this guy. So that's all I got. I mean, this guy, there's not really a lot that's really that interesting about this article, other than what specifically what they were doing was they were making the game, right? Because this game originally was not meant to be a competitive sport game. And it had evolved into a competitive sport game. And so basically... Like what, in Korea? Like, exactly, like in Korea, but elsewhere as well, right? And, you know, a lot of people play those types of games competitively. And it's interesting because a good competitive game, right has a much, much different set of values than, let's say, a game that's just intended to, like, instill a sense of whimsy, right? Or just, just to be fun, right? And so what was going on was this guy was basically, he was, um, as it were, stuck in some kind of rut of, he kept on designing things for the game because they were fun things, and people kept telling him, no, that's bad. Don't do that. That's terrible. And he didn't understand why. And it took him some amount of time before he made the connection or the realization that these things are bad because not because there's these people are stupid, right? Because I'm putting fun things in the game, but because what fun means or what good things are in various games is not always the same thing as what you would describe by the word fun. So I, I'm having a hard time understanding, like, the, an actual example. Of okay, like, let me well, give one... you... I'm going to totally pull this out of my head, right? So not the best example, but this will be nice and salient for you, okay? I've got one in my head, and I'm curious. Okay, so I'm just going to completely make this up, right? So I don't... Wow, is that... No, this is good. We've got is the time break to think. again? 
always comes up on me. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll be right back All right, we'll with be an right. example of what is good in a game while not being fun. And fun and not good. Okay. Sure. That's yeah, good. that too. All right. We'll be right back. It's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Woo-hoo! Okay, so we were just talking about before we were so rudely interrupted by a commercial break. By the break, yeah. Um, by the break, during which you, if you were listening live, would have heard an advertisement for the University of Advancing Technology. Their website, uat.edu, you can visit it. You know, If you weren't listening live, now you can hear that little commercial within the show, thanks to me. But, uh, but you were talking about a guy who uh, was making stuff for StarCraft II, lead designer guy, put stuff in, people said, no, take that out, it's not good. And he's like, well, it's fun, and then... Uh, turns out, well, fun isn't necessarily the only goal. So give right. me an example of something. So that, I'll, I'll give you, you two think... examples. Okay. Okay. One's going to be an example of something that's fun and bad, and one's going to be an example of something that's not fun and good. And I'm going to use Street Fighter as the context because I'm just more familiar with that territory. Okay. Right? So Christopher Walken, also familiar with Street Fighter. Is that true? It is now. Okay. I talked to him earlier today. All right. Okay. You're going to have an ice cream headache. It's going to last two, three seconds. It's going to hurt real bad right here. That's a long three seconds. All right, yeah. Okay, so something that's good and not fun would be an example like, so in Street Fighter, right, you have these super meters, right? And these super meters basically only allow you to do a super duper move every once in a while, right? So if you could do the super duper move, Anytime you wanted, right? That would be fun for maybe you because it's fun because it's a really explosive move and it generates a lot of output. But that's bad for the game for various reasons. And so it's actually better for your competitive gameplay that they set it up the way they did where you have to actually, you can't do these moves anytime. You have to do other things to build up your meter in order to basically earn the right to do that move once. And then you get one chance to do it before you can have an opportunity to fill up the meter again. So, I see your point, you but know I disagree I'm... that that would make it fun. Well, like it, I think it would actually detract from the game. Well, that is an issue of you know what the word fun means, right? So, you know, it's you have to stretch that word a little bit because your sense of what fun is is different from my sense of what fun is. Because, and this goes back to the same thing, because fun is such an imprecise word that you can. People often use it to refer to something that is simply positive, where it may actually not have anything to do with that meaning at all. But what I what I would assign to it, the meaning I would assign, is something that is fun and has some sort of endurance. So that, like, yeah, it's cool to do this flashy move, but if I can do it any time, I'm going to do it all the time, yeah, but and that's, then it's going to get boring. That's partially a circular definition, right? Because... You just said it's fun because it's fun and had endurance, right? No, so. no, no. I'm saying if something is fun, right. then it means it is 
both interesting and has endurance. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that follows at all. But I don't want to get I don't want to degrade this into a discussion of what the word fun means because I've already stated the disclaimer. So here's an example of something that is fun, right? Well, I kind of gave both, right? But he, another example of something that is fun but is not good for gameplay is, for example, if you know, let's say Zangief, right? had a super-duper overpowered move that has a really awesome animation, right? But if that animation isn't timed well to coincide with the rest of the dynamics of the game, then even though that animation in isolation, that move that you can do is really, really fun, right? It may not work well for the competitive aspect of the game. And that's basically the gist of this article. So this is what I was thinking within, within the realm of StarCraft. Like, he might give you something that's overpowered, but right, then in right. competition, that doesn't work well. Exactly. That's precisely it. Okay. So you have you you're picking up what I'm putting down. Well, that's what I was thinking before. That's the example that I, I had mentioned. But it's you know it's hard to imagine that he was building that into the game without thinking about how it would work in multiplayer, since it's so clearly part of the game. Well, maybe you are assuming too much. Okay. Who knows? I mean, I know there's a single player aspect as well, but this is true. Yeah. All right. So I got a bunch of mini stories, little news clips. From over the but past before week you do so. that, are we required by some bond of journalism to discuss the Sony thing and, and how like it's gotten no. worse? We have no shackles on our mouths or anywhere else. All right. Well, let it be known. I, I heard from someone today something I hadn't read is that like their Sony wants to uh, like if they catch the people who hacked it, charge them with like one and a half million counts of cybercrime or something. <laughs> one and a half million counts, that's <laughs> right? good. Yeah. One for every person that was hacked or something like that. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're pissed. Did you hear that so SOE was also breached at basically the same time with credit card numbers definitely Yes, yeah, Sony breached? Online Entertainment. Yeah. yeah and they, they realized that um, like all of their like DC, what, do they do DC Universe? Is that I don't know what they, they do MMOs and stuff. Yeah. But what's funny is they specifically said oh, they're different networks um, there's, they did not get attacked. Don't worry. And then right. a few days later, they're like, okay, we totally got breached. Your credit card numbers are gone. This is really interesting. For Europeans, apparently not Americans. Really? Oh, yeah, I, all I the people who the, whose credit cards were taken were, were European. It's, it's interesting because, you know, these are breaches that didn't happen right away and Sony's just discovering them. And part of the reason why that's happening the way it is, is because these cyber criminals are actually very, very good at covering up their tracks. So when it, when a, when a breach happens, it is not always immediately obvious, and in fact, that was the case. What is incensing me just a little bit is how much flack Sony is getting for this. Now, no doubt, this is bad, lots of people are affected, and Sony effed up. But at the same time, this is happening all the time to banks, and nobody bats an eye. It just, just last month, I got five emails over the course of four days from the same attack like these five different companies and we're talking like brookstone uh i think possibly chase bank but it might not have been chase it happened to chase um i'm sure i know for a fact at least once in the past year okay because i'm their customer so I, i'm talking like just a few weeks ago and like, yeah it may have happened I got, too. i got one from brookstone and then i got one from walgreens and then i got one, i got five different places emailed me saying hey we were breached this particular and they named the company that deals with their email right it was all the same right. but what's great is people congress and whatever is yelling at sony for not releasing the information soon enough right to say that it happened right and because i got it from several different companies for the same breach i realized well one of them told me four days sooner than the other one right so if i had only been dealing with the one that told me on tuesday instead of thursday 
you know, there's they clearly it happened five days earlier, and I'm sure they knew since they were told by the company that was handling it. Right. Even though this the situation is relatively severe, I I really don't understand why Sony seems to be getting a disproportionate amount of flack, not only from the fanboys and also non fanboy fans of video games, but from Congress. I mean, they're they're telling them they're telling Sony to come to Congress and testify to explain to the American people why they took so long to figure out that there was a breach and I I, I mean Chase was never asked that when Chase reports those types of things. Well, they may have been more responsible and told people quickly about it. I don't, Sony apparently took a very long time. Well, I mean, how long is a long time, right? I mean, like the the uh, long enough for that data to be used against the the victims. Yeah. See, it's not really clear to me that that's actually the case, but well, anyway, like I just pointed out, there were other companies that that took several days to do it as well, and you're yeah. right, they're not getting that flack, but they're also uh, not as as numerous, at least in, in terms of the the people who are affected, uh, far fewer. And what's great is they claim the networks are separate, but Sony Online Entertainment also got screwed. Well, one thing is clear, um, that network security across all kinds of corporations is really, really bad. And it's, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like um, like the oil company approach, right? It's like cut corners everywhere. And just think it's not going to happen, and then one day something absolutely cataclysmic happens. That, by the way, is why I love hearing commercials for natural gas. The clean, safe fuel. Right? It's like, oh, yeah, no, nothing, no problem until something explodes. Right. All right. Okay. Good. So, so let's move on to your mini video game stories. So that was actually one of them. Uh, so another one is, you, since, since we're on the Ubisoft here, um, so they've decided that they're not making enough money, and so... They want to make some movies. They want to make some movies, right. Yes. So they're going to, this is a first, this is a industry first. The same company who makes video games is launching their own motion picture arm. Unfortunately, they're French. They are French. French don't make movies. They do now. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. The French, the French, there are some French people who do make movies. Yes, but not movies that we have heard of, uh-huh. at least if they're played in not adult theaters. Possibly. So, um, they, I don't know. I guess it remains to be seen if anything of quality comes out, but really, I mean, they're just... I'm yeah, sure it's the direct result of, of Prince of Persia doing well. I'm sure it was, too. By the way, did right. you see that movie? No. Jake Gyllenhaal and no. this, you know, glistening... I just, you, let me explain to you something about movies in me. And this is why almost every time that you've invited me to see a movie, I've said... No. F no. Yes. And the reason is because I have so many times, so many times, I see the preview and my heart is lifted and I'm inspired and I say to myself, yes, I will go see that movie. I'm so looking forward to it. And then it's awesome for 30 minutes. And then the director just S's all over me. For the but, next hour and a half. Listen, there are analogies where you don't, you know, discount things. Like, you eat food. You think, oh, I'm going to like this food. I'm going to try a new restaurant I've never tried before. And you go. Yeah, but the f- You may or may not like it. Yeah, but the food does not require me to sit in a dark room for an hour and a half minimum. And that's that's my problem. So are you telling me you generally just avoid movies? No, not at all. If there's something I know for a fact will be awesome, like if it's an actual director I like... Because you don't... I don't invite you to movies day one. Like, you can wait a week and find out if it was reviewed well. Sure, sure. But even reviews, 
not necessarily jibe with my taste. But if I know the director, right, and he's an awesome director, totally we'll see it, right? But if it's like big action flick or just one of those where everyone's like, oh, it's going to be awesome, yeah, it's I usually shy away from it. That Sucker Punch movie, I had a feeling. I have this sixth sense now about <laughs> that was previews. Pretty, pretty bad movie. <laughs> when when they're gonna poo all over me? Yeah, there, it was still kind of cool, but it just it left. I left the theater feeling sucker punched. Sucker punched. All right. Maybe that's why they did it. We'll be back. And we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Sponsored by UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. Alright, so let's let's continue with this uh, with our mini mini news. Mini okay. news report. It doesn't even involve the game Catherine. No, but I actually I played the demo of Catherine. Did you? Yeah. I have not had a chance. Let's get to that in a sec. Okay. Alright, so Oh, Wow, what is this? A really popular thing lately is to do studies about how much aggression video games cause. We've definitely discussed that before. Right. And there's yet another study about it. Okay. Who would have thought, right? And this one's funny because this um, these researchers in England actually showed that at least for people in the UK, playing football games or soccer known here in the United States, actually causes more aggression than, say, Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty. This makes sense to me. Yes. And And I can explain why. Well, (laughs) football makes everyone pissed off over there. I mean, have have you seen their games? I I imagine that there's a a gender difference. You think so? There's certainly a cultural one, right? And this goes back to the whole thing about how a couple weeks ago... We talked about that story where somebody actually decided to measure people's responses to violent games in the context of what their underlying personality traits were. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it, so I'm not an expert on the subject, but I've listened to the old uh, stuff you should know podcast about mirror neurons, and so like people, their their brains, um, what's the they, they connect with something they're seeing. And right. I think especially men. Uh, and so, like when when they they see people playing football or soccer, they feel like they're doing they're it. in that situation. Right. So, uh, and so so when you get someone gets the kicked in the face, you feel like fighting. Well, it's just that like you're thinking about football, you're relating to football, soccer, you're relating to it. You can say football, it's yeah, football, but it's going to confuse our only American the entire listeners. world says it. Yeah, mostly I think our audience is American. And if Americans so. think we're talking about a gridiron, so be it. Anyway, my point is, like, they'll relate to that. They'll they'll connect it in, in their brain as if they're really doing it, even though they're not really doing it. Right. And there there were studies about how like um your your brain reacts in a similar way by simply watching a scene of something happen as if uh, you were really doing it. So they measure it in both instances, and it does pretty much the same thing. Yep. Um. This is so. This is actually they mention this very same concept in this article. Do they? Right? Okay. And it makes sense, right? If you're watching an activity like football, soccer, 
it maps to what you can imagine your body being subjected to much more readily than Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty, I think. Well, yeah, because it's Grand e- Theft Auto is not something I do in real life. So right. I haven't, I haven't formed those thoughts. That's right. You know, from from real experience. That's right. And if you do those things, you don't last very long anyway. So yeah. that's a very dangerous activity. If I were a, you know, a crazy car driver, thief, bully guy, or if I, you know, really did uh, fight in a war or something, and then play a war game, I imagine my brain would react differently when yeah. playing similar games. Um, but in terms of playing soccer or football. You uh, you certainly have done that before, in all likelihood, if you're playing that game. So uh, so you relate to it more directly. I bet Americans would not have the same aggressive feelings when Pro- playing a football game. Probably not. Yeah. They would wonder why is the ball round and white instead of oblong and tan colored. Yeah, exactly. This actually this you know there's this these kinds of things I've been actually I've been thinking about a lot, and this has nothing to do with games, but consider this for a moment, right? Consider the context of everything that you do as a human being as framed as you being nothing more than a pattern matching machine. I'm not quite sure I understand what you're saying. So if you think about all the things that people do. I'm thinking about all the things that people do. Okay, good. So consider that in the context of you as a human, all that you do, all that your body does, all that you've ever done is just recognize patterns and match them. Recognize patterns and then repeat them or recall them or find patterns in things. Sometimes patterns don't exist. Okay, sure. Is this is this too deep for you? I Am mean, I, I understand the concept of pattern recognition, but I'm not... Right. Uh... But there's, there's so many things about how just you operate on a day-by-day basis that, like, why do people like math? Like, like people like math, or, I mean, I guess not everybody likes math, right? But people like all kinds of endeavors of the, the basis of which is basically just playing around with patterns, okay. right? That's games, that's math, that's accounting for boring people, it's board games for other types of boring people, you know, it's chess, it's, you know, even physical activities, you know, baseball, all kinds of games, the record i want to point out that today i broke out the old uh equations to figure out dot pitch on the monitors that i that i work with during the day that is an impressive amount of nerdery and, my well, friend. well because i wanted to compare it to an upgrade monitor that i will be getting see what's the pixel size i'm getting a bigger monitor with a higher resolution is the text going to look smaller i totally broke out pythagorean theorem and uh and just went crazy today well good for you it was awesome yeah so the more I think about it, the more it's clear to me that we are we are just overblown pattern matching machines, and we just don't know it yet because we're flooded with so much emotions that we refuse to recognize it ourselves as such. Well, the the brain is a curious thing. Yes, it is. I suppose. You know what else is curious about the brain? So there's this um there's this journal called Nature, right? This magazine called Nature. It's very scientific. A lot of scientific stuff goes on there. Sure. Yeah. So they they had a story recently about um, how some of these researchers in uh, the University of New Mexico they did this experiment where they're like, um, hey, uh, let's have people play video games and then let's have another group of people play the same game and let's just uh, send a two milliamp charge into their scalp and see what happens. Uh, were they aiming it at a certain spot or just anywhere on the head? It looks like 
at times they they were yes they were selectively positioning certain sections of the scalp. Okay, that's quite important. Yeah, but the report doesn't say exactly what. I'm sure if you're really interested, you can find the report. That part doesn't matter to me. Just the fact that they they weren't just trying to make you feel something on your head; they were trying to trigger something in the brain. Yes, what they actually found out was that. Um, the people who were subjected to this uh, two milliamp electrical charge to the scalp actually demonstrated twice as much improvement in the game after, I don't know, uh, some short amount of training as people who received a 20th of that amount of current. I'm totally getting an electric hat. Yeah, so get ready... Get ready for your electrical charge. That's awesome. That's that, that's apply, a little scary. Apply that to something other than playing video games. Yeah. Imagine I I can wear a well, smart think. I could literally have a thinking cap. Yes, you could. You could be a chess grandmaster. I'm gonna have my kids. And then you know who what? Don't exist right now. You know what they're gonna find out? They're gonna find out that people who do this also get cancer. They're, no, they're gonna have they're gonna have like um like genitalia growing out of their heads <laughs> as a side effect. That, and that it's going to be like that might make it not worth it. It's going <laughs> to be like steroids of the new age. But that, I mean, can you imagine this? I mean, going through school with uh, two million. But it's probably one of those things you're going to have to raise over time. You know, so yeah. eventually I'm going to be throwing three amps down my skull. Yeah. See, I'm thinking people. This people are going to push it, and they're going to um, they're going to do this to themselves, and then they're going to find out that there's something about it. It's like it's like putting a turbocharger on an engine. That's what I think. Right. Makes it go faster, but. I tell you what. Makes all the parts run harder. Makes all the parts run faster, so it wears out sooner. I'll tell you what. If I had two kids, I would be willing to subject one of them to the thinking cap. Is that like a really long stretch, like ten years? (laughs) Does your wife know about that part? But it's. I mean, you got to have a control group. So I'd have the one kid. I'd have the other kid. Fair enough. Wearing the thinking cap. You are the consummate scientist, Alon. Yeah. Because I don't mind. I mean, what use is it to have a kid if you can't, you know? Subjected to tests. Clearly, clearly, you want to advance the human race. This is this is your job as a human on Earth to advance the human race. And what better way to do it than through vigorous experimentation of offspring? Don't don't tell my wife just yet. But I just became significantly more interested in having children. Okay, you still shouldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I got I got one last thing that this will probably last us to the end. We we only have a minute left. Yeah. All right. So you know how I always I'm so fond of pointing out when media outlets totally get things wrong right so this is a huge one not like chatterbox we're perfect every time that's right of course so all right didn't i say we only had yeah you're right but this lasts like 45 seconds doesn't it all right well the new york times they printed this story and the headline was busy job of judging video game content to be seeded to machines and this is about when you're submitting your game to the ESRB for a rating, right? And people watch it. And people watch it. Well, they're not going to do that anymore. Well, what? Yeah, but it's not. It's completely misleading headline because it's not. You're seeding. They're not seeding anything to machines. They're just having you fill out a form and having those forms be processed by a machine. So it has nothing to do with the actual rating process. Right. So the machine is not rating. They're just. You know what? This is actually worth talking about next time in detail. So. Okay. Well, we can we'll, bring it back. We'll, we'll resurrect bring it back it. next time. It sounds totally. like just a crappy headline. All totally. right. Well, that is the end of the show. Uh, don't forget to email us, especially you know if you're going to do Tough Mudder. I want to. I want to hear about it because I am scared of this thing. I'm going to have to get all big and muscly, and that's 
That'll be like an aura. It'll be crazy. Frankenstein never scared me. We'll be back next week, folks. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.